Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monty and Mickey, the Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be diving into the world of music again. Uh, we touched a little bit on this when we uh, talked about musicals in general and, and, and that kind of thing, but today, we're going to be talking about classic rock. Classic rock. Yeah, th- this is this is Monty and Mickey in the morning. DJ. Classic rock DJs for the evening. Um, or morning or night or whatever your whatever time in the magic of podcasts whatever t- whatever Wolf time you're Monty. whatever time you're listening to this um, so yeah so we're gonna be kind of just generically talking about it it's definitely a topic that we did not realize how broad and how just oh. raw just data raw material there is well, just looking up just the definition say, of it was kind of hard to do yeah you can't there is none you know spoiler alert there isn't a a clear definition um so part of that was uh and we'll get into that in a little bit but it was a it was a guest interview uh and we kind of picked his brain a little bit about what he felt was classic rock but before we get any further mickey uh what do we have for in the news all righty then first of all at man three which comes out this weekend uh, there's a character, the villainous character of Modok, Modok. Mo, yeah, Mode, Modok. Yeah, it's M O D O K. And it's like letters that, like an anagram. That right, th- yeah, that's because yeah. it's all capitalized. At but the the point was, it was inspired by a classic Simpsons villain, Frank Grimes, who is Homer's fellow power plant worker, who becomes increasingly incensed with Homer's in, in, incompetence. Yeah, it's just based on a basic. I mean, it's a villain in this movie. That's based on a Simpsons character, which is pretty cool. In this and movie. if I remember correctly, he did make a debut in like actual comic books. So there Mordock is, did. yeah, yeah. I think so. He's at least I remember, like I remember hearing the name or seeing the character at one point in something. So he's going to be huge in the movie that we're going to see on Saturday. Yes, we'll we'll let you know how it goes. We will. Uh, initial initial uh, reviews aren't the greatest. We but went read one review that just made it sound like the guy was beat up by the movie in a back alley. Yeah, right. They, oh, they forced, crap. they like glued his eyes open and made him watch it, basically. Like, so like, hopefully it's not that bad. Yeah, but I, we'll, I'm guessing we'll, we'll like it more. Yeah, than I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. Uh, so uh, more on the Marvel Universe. There's a new book coming out called The Marvel Cinematic Universe, an official timeline. It arrives in around September of this year. It's ready to explain all of the complex timelines of the MCU, which will be kind of nice just wow. to have it in one that'll, format to explain everything. I was going to say, that'll be, be a thick a, book. That'll be a, a good reference manual for guys right. like us that are like, wait a second. Did Captain America get the Tesseract before or after Tony Stark's dad made the blah, <laughs> right. blah, 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 blah. For the true geeks like us. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, I mean, that sucker is going to be as big as War and yeah. Peace or the Bible, you know? <laughs> I mean, holy crap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, everybody knows how much I love Ryan Reynolds. There's a new movie starring him and John Krasinski, who's another big, called Imaginary Friends. That'll be coming out, I think, in the next year or two. Okay. I don't know a whole lot about yeah, it. I don't know much about it, but, yeah, he's he's all over the place. A right podcast now, so. I listen to that stars uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and um, – just Jack, Sean Hayes, uh, had Ryan Reynolds and John John Krasinski. Krasinski is one of their really good friends, I guess. Okay. And he was on there kind of talking about it. So wow. <laughs> just those two actors alone, Krasinski, and who's also the director of the movie, and Ryan Reynolds, that ought to be hilarious. Right. Those well, guys are hilarious. And, and that's the thing is that, like, I, I like John Krasinski so 
much because he's so good and he set that precedent in the office. He's so good at being funny. Right. But playing dry a, and relatable. But also playing like a serious drama character. Right. You know. So it's it's Well he's been know. in the MCU. <laughs> I, you're right. Right. I yeah. forgot I for, I forgot for a minute. Just it, like Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah they both yeah. have been in the MCU. Wow. So yeah, and 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 like the a quiet place. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Quiet just place. those kind of roles. Uh, he, he's hilarious, and yet he can do such serious roles. Hundred and or thirteen hours, the movie, right? You know, yeah, he's awesome. So, uh, now onto the other universe. DC announces mm. an actual plan mm. for a long-term continuity, <laughs> starting with Chapter One: Gods <laughs> and Monsters. Uh, it's going to be ten movies and shows beginning in twenty twenty-five, and I'll just go through a list. And and Tom. All right, sorry, Monty might have an opinion. I, I was this. gonna say I have to, I have to like put the microphone away from him. You sound like I'm making out with a microphone he, right now. He Just might, let, he might have an control opinion. my my excitement for a minute. So, sorry. like I said, it starts with <clears throat> a, with a movie called Gods and Monsters. Then uh, Chapter Two will be a Superman Legacy movie. Chapter Three, The Brave and the Bold movie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> then <laughs> then Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow movie. Then there's a movie called The Authority. After that will be a movie Swamp Thing, which that kind of interests me a lot. But uh, then after that, uh, an animated series called Creative Commandos. Uh, then all the rest of these will be TV series. One called Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. Another one called Lanterns. Uh, one more called Booster Gold. And the last called Paradise Lost. So all these are supposed to be starting out in 2025 just to kind of add to this con- continuity of the DC Universe, which... Do you have any opinions about this? <laughs> so, James Gunn, I... He's also openly uh, criticized how it was in the past, and he kind of yes. got a little scrutiny for that, but he wasn't wrong. So, if you don't know, James Gunn just directed both MCU and DC, DCU, DCEU, because that's what it was called right. for the Justice League, Jack uh, Schneiderverse, all that, Zack Snyder and everything. He's so, kind of taken over the Kevin Feige role of Marvel, as, as we've mentioned in other episodes. Absolutely, he has. And that is what Ford they DC. needed, obviously. We've yep. talked about this before. Yep. So my understanding is movies like the new Joker with um, Harley Quinn. Um, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. And The Batman. I still love Margot Robbie. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Sorry. Um. They are going to be Elseworlds, Suicide Squad. And so they are still going to do certain things like Waller is kind of like an Elseworlds type. I think I think I, my, the way they understand like it. Like a branch then, you mean? Like it's separate from the now what he's rebranding it as the DCU. Oh, so they won't be – you will never see them come together. That is the understanding that okay. I had. I Makes could sense. be wrong, but that's that's the way when he, when he had this, he kind of had just like a – I mean, in the world of social media, he just got in front of a camera and said, this is what we're going to do. Um, the Flash movie. Coming out uh, soon, right? <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> that was a, it was like an orgasm, and, a, and he just reproduced all at the same time. Um, so the Flash movie is going. It's <laughs> coming so, out in June. Mickey and I will again? be there opening night in IMAX. For sure, we haven't talked for about it yet. Sure. But I guess I Mickey will be there with me. <laughs> I um, might have to hold him from running to the screen. <laughs> so he and, and if for those of you who don't know, Michael Keaton 
Michael Mother Effin Keaton <laughs> is going to be Batman yeah. in this movie. And he looks young in that trailer. I in saw the trailer. I mean, it, it shows, and and I, I'm so like every time he comes on the screen because I've watched like so many review videos of like Easter eggs of the the trailer and watch the trailer again, and, and I've, I've so many times it's since this the Super enthusiasm Bowl. that got me to watch all the Marvel it's, movies in order. It's, this is the enthusiasm that I'm always talking about with him. It's Wednesday. <laughs> It, the trailer came out on Sunday, and I've watched like three or four, like three, like two or three, like deep dive, like like shot by shot reviews of the trailer. Every time Michael Keaton comes on, and this just makes it really is the type of thing that, as a father, just warms your heart and makes you feel proud of how you're raising your kids. Because before it was every time the the uh, opening credits song for Star Wars came on, my my oldest daughter would get all giddy and jump around and be like, ah, and get yeah. all excited. Now, every time, because I've watched it a couple times now, every time Michael Keaton comes up and he goes, yeah, I'm Batman. She goes, <laughs> and she starts laughing Joy, and, and, like, she, and, and like, just giggling and, like, anyway, running yeah. around. And I'm like, yes, yes. But, but so that part, like, I just lost my mind in the Super Bowl watching that. Like, right. that is part of this. But the other part of this is, that movie is going to reset the universe. Right. I cannot think like like uh, Iron Man did for the MCU. Absolutely. Even even more so because like Ben Affleck's Batman's going to be in this, and Michael Keaton's Batman's going to so be in this. So it's like Spider-Man. so they're going to basically be like, okay, this is going to happen. Something it's it's loosely based on the Flashpoint comics. But line. it's like that Spider-Man movie where they yes. all came together, Garfield and. But Toby it would be Blair. like if the Spider-Man movie happened, and then. None of those actors played the same role again. Oh, right. And they just started new. Right. That's awesome. So, so they're the going to basically, are... there's going to be a new Batman. There is actually going to be a live action Robin who's oh. going to happen in the Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Like, that is one of the things James Gunn talked about was we're going to have this version of Batman with Robin, which Bat Family, we've talked about this. This yeah. is something like we've waited so many years for this to happen. But they're going to expand on that comic line of the Bat Family. So Batman, you know, the Robin, bat f- the Bat Family, the ba- yeah, <laughs> <Just sounds>, um, <laughs> b- uh, Batwoman, uh, Batgirl. you know, Batgirl, possibly, um, Red Hood, uh, uh, Nightwing, uh, Red Robin, like all bat of these, gerbil, <laughs> Bat Parakeet. But but you get what I'm saying, like Bat Parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, some kind of weird crossbreeding. Batman did actually fight uh, the Ninja Turtles, but that's a completely different thing. <laughs> right. um, so, that's like what if? So, but what I'm getting at is, we've talked about this before. Pick a storyline and run with it. This is what they're doing, and if they were, if they are successful in this, it will be. You could easily get ten movies out of a Bat Family storyline. Just, just that family. Just that storyline of like the evolution of not only Robin because it was Robin it was you know a, a certain Robin and then it was Tim Drake and then it was you know uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm blanking but there was like five different Robins that all like kind of spun off and did their own thing and then eventually uh, Bruce Wayne's son was a Robin which is this is one of the versions that they're doing and then he, the he or Tim Drake or somebody else became Batman and then you all have right. like Batman Beyond and like everything. So it's just so cool that like the potential is there. Like I feel like like I'm witnessing the same experience that somebody had with the end credit scene of Iron Man. Like that's what I feel like 
I'm about to get into. Well, and the irony of the whole thing is the as as the MCU has has taken this concept and they they're the ones who started it all. But those storylines, those comic books are 10, 20 years old. Yeah. Newer. Right. So you've got the original characters of Superman and Batman in the DC world. There's way more stories to be told because they've There's been so around much. longer. And that's like honestly, I want to. Pick so it's up. crazy that DCU has taken so long to figure this out when the Marvel world came on later on. So it much was later. changing hands and changing leadership. It was no, there Poor was no management. continuity there. Right, right. And James Gunn is finally said, "Screw this." Because crap. of how, and, and and this is this is the growing pains, and I and I get it. Henry Cavill was amazing, spy, uh, Superman. He was great. Yeah. He was he was my generation super classic. You know, good looks and all that stuff. Right. He he was terrific at it. Right. But James Gunn decided, as he was trying to figure out how to do this, we need a clean break, a clean start, and that's why the whole thing with Ezra Miller. And don't get me wrong, he did a lot of sketchy shit. Right. He shouldn't be paid. He shouldn't be involved in this for the way that he's behaved over the years. Right. But that's why this movie is so important to the DC universe. Is it's a reset button for like James Like they're whitewashing Gunn. everything that's happened. Yeah, basically. he's able to. But that's the best part, and this is what we talked about with when they first started talking about the Flash and how. And, it, and I was a, I was very afraid that Batman and the Flash was not going to happen. Like yeah. I'm just calling it Batman's movie with the Flash in it. But anyways, <laughs> we've talked um, about that a few like, times. Actually, like yeah. it was announced, and I was scared that it wasn't going to happen because of the Ezra Miller stuff and everything that happens with DCU. But this is a way to not say those stories never happened and now we're starting new, it's a way to pull that together and have a momentous, like, a point in time. Like a Big Bang Theory, like a yeah, Big Bang Point or whatever. That you can say, this is the separation from the DCEU, this is the separation now for the DCU moving Here's forward. the Big Bang they're exploiting and they're going in their separate directions. Right. Yeah. But Michael Keatman's Batman's about as a part of that, you know? Right. Henry Cavill and Zog and the Flash is a part of that, and it's it's such a good way, and it feels cheap at times, like the whole time travel multi universe, but it makes so much more sense when you step back and look at it, and you're like, okay, this fits perfectly into Batman, right? Nineteen eighty nine. This fits perfectly into Batman Returns. This fits perfectly into the Justice League, you know. Movies, or almost movies. like they so. did have that vision back then, but it not necessarily. But maybe yeah. they did in their own minds, but it one never came out. And know? James Gunn was able to say, "Let's take these pieces. We have Run the structure them. here. Run with Let's them. put it together and then move forward with it." And in obviously, Suicide Squad was a great movie. I thought it was funny. I thought it was, you know, Margot Robbie's in it, so yes, he he did the <laughs> drink every time Mickey says Margot Robbie, <laughs> um, but uh, he. He did, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It's just like there's so much that he has on his resume already. I feel good, good stuff. I feel as as a Batman, you know, a you Batman know, fan yeah. to my core. I believe that the DC universe is in the right hands. Oh, right. And I I think that, and that's the last thing I'll say because we got a podcast to talk about. But I was very excited for that trailer. Um. One of can the last two who who was the last two that you said the the um, movies that are coming out? Uh, they're TV, the last two movies or TV series. The last two movies. There was uh, two or one, TV. Sh- it might the, have been. Well, the Authority movie, Swamp Thing movie, and then the last two TV shows are 
just of these 10, that doesn't mean it's going to stop there. Right, The last two TV series I mentioned were Booster Gold and Paradise Lost. I think it was either Booster Gold or Paradise Lost. I saw an article that came out that one of those, you cannot buy the comic right now because it's sold out. Nobody knew who it was, right? right, right. James Gunn comes on the screen and says, we're going to do a movie on this, and everybody's like, Oh, I, I want to know what this is about. Right now it's gone. And that is what James Gunn did with the latest Suicide Squad. He took these characters that nobody knew about, brought them into a movie, and was like, oh, this is kind of a fun character. And it was able, like, I watched that whole, there was like that, you remember the fandom that they did for the DC Universe. Right. Yep. And they talked about how he pulled these, like, one-shot, like, not even have their own comic line, just showed up in somebody else's comic line characters. And he was able to do that in the Suicide Squad because of the nature of that. Right. And and he's somebody so, who's very knowledgeable, clearly. And, and about he's the DC so respectable, universe. incredible that everybody knows this is going to be this is going to happen. It's going to be good. It's going to be done yeah. right. And so, just for all that reason, I, I don't necessarily feel any excitement or enthusiasm from you. But I think once it starts, <laughs> maybe you'll start appreciating yeah. it more. I mean, I'm already. Like, you don't seem like you care that much, but. I think if you give it a chance once it starts, maybe it'll come around. Open your mind a little, maybe. and you know, I, maybe you'll get one or two Batman action figures from the movie. I don't know. Maybe a Batmobile. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, I, I highly doubt it. So, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, and and we'll keep moving on with the in the news. Again, that's the enthusiasm I love Woo! about you. That that's that's why I was never going to watch all the Marvel movies. As big a yeah. geek as I am, I was never going to sit down and watch them all in order. That enthusiasm what made me want to and do it right now. Well, so. and I saw the meme because this is the thing. Nobody's been talking about. DC has been irrelevant since, I mean, the Snyder Cut. It's been basically. that weird cousin that sit, lives in a trailer park who yeah. drinks himself to death and, you know, does weird thing with trees, you know? Right. It's, it's been that. And so nobody's been talking about Everybody's been talking about the Marvel movies. There was a trailer released for, um, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp got a trailer during the Super Bowl. I nope, think um, did for sure, yep. there was one other one. Other one it was some along the same lines. But everybody was talking about that Flash trailer. Right. You know, that was and the Ben focus. Affleck had his own commercial, but it wasn't Batman related. <laughs> it, and, but the, but what, I, what I'm getting at is that was the focus – and it's been a long time since a DC movie has had more focus on it than a Marvel than movie. a Marvel movie, right? And so uh, I mean, I there, there was no other movie franchise that was in the Super Bowl. I mean, so DC took to be in that in that format or that forum. Well, but that's what I'm saying is like there was an Ant Man uh, well, trailer. True, yeah, there right. was a. I think there was another Marvel or Star, not Star Wars. There was some there other. Wasn't Star Wars. There was some other trailer, and nobody was talking about them. Right, like nobody really cared. Or yeah, I was, guess I just passed and everybody it was off. just yeah. like, he, he, he. At least in my house, I don't know about you. <laughs> he said he said the thing. He said the thing that he said in yeah. 1989. Yeah. I never thought this thing would happen. <laughs> I mean, we watched the trailer. Michael Keaton's Batman was flying the Bat plane. <laughs> Next to Supergirl <laughs> against Zog, and the Flash was fighting with another Flash. Like, those words, it sounds like I'm stroking out right now, but that really <laughs> happened in a trailer. It doesn't like, sound like it. It looks like oh the, the veins Lord. are, the veins in your forehead almost hit me. I'm, I, I'm, I, 
But but that's and that's Monty so knows crazy. he's got three little girls so sleeping upstairs. He's still this excited. He can't control it. I just I just that like that. I just said like a five second clip of the amazing things that happened in that that trailer. But that was a five second. Michael Keaton's Batman was shooting missiles at Zog or Zog or whatever the heck is that's his what name. Called him before. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. The 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 Superman villain oh, with yeah. Supergirl flying next to him and two flashes, plural, fighting on the ground. That's happening in a movie, guys. What a time to be alive. Again, I think if you give it a chance, you might like it. I just just Woo. open okay. your mind and maybe you'll enjoy this stuff. I, I, I would like to see more enthusiasm next time. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Okay? Sorry. I'll bring my A-game. <laughs> so... I don't Can know. I just say too? Um, sorry, sorry. Just one more thing about the trailer. There was, there was a, there was a I'm scene. To stroke out. There was a scene where he goes, like Batman opens up a door, and there's like eight bat suits. I can see files in your head and, just coming out. Uh, sorry, I need to. I need. We, we need to wrap it up. We'll talk about this in the, in the next, the next podcast. We'll talk about it. But there was like eight bat suits in Michael Keaton's Batcave, which include the 1989 and the Batman Returns, and like two or three others from before. One of them with a blue and gray color scheme. And my ten-year-old mm. self is just losing his mind do right you, now. So. Do you like Batman? Sorry, I, Ooh, I need I to. Turn have off we ever Mike? Why don't you just come out and say it once instead of? Do you like Batman? <sighs> okay. okay. I, to, I don't know okay. how I'm going to follow that up with anything. Sorry. <laughs> let me let me wipe the freaking veins off your forehead out of my forehead now. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I love that enthusiasm. So. On to Marvel again. Yeah, just plain old Marvel. <laughs> just plain old Marvel. Loki Season 2 revealed its return of one of the timekeepers as one of those characters, hmm. as well as Sylvia and Mobius, and it's planning on coming out this summer. So I'm, I'm, that's still probably my favorite Marvel series, so I'm looking yeah. forward to that too. Not quite as much as you might be looking forward to this this whole DC thing. Um, Mobius, I think, was is going to be they, they rumored at least to be in the new Deadpool, which makes sense yes. how he would be tied into the MCU. Same, right, same concept. That's how as they're going to bring all of them yeah. into it. Yeah, and I don't. I almost get that excited about Deadpool, but not quite. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to wait. I mean, I was two when the returns came out, so I was well, like, you, listening to you've been a Bat fan since you were in the womb, pretty yeah. Batman Well, that's fan. what I'm saying. Ninety, I was born in ninety, so it's like I've been, I haven't been able to see Michael Keaton as Batman in a movie theater ever. So right. this is a big deal for a guy who likes likes that kind of stuff. I don't know. Uh, well, Maybe I mean, I, I, I couldn't. You could have fooled me that you like it, but you know, whatever. <clears throat> so speaking of not this at all. Uh, there's a new thing in Disney World called the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, which is a two-night adventure that you can have. And if you go onto the website, it just goes on and on about the different kind of yeah. things you can do and experiences yeah. you can have. It sounds pretty amazing. That's the one that I told you we should split, but it was like five grand for the weekend. <laughs> for a weekend. For like one room, yeah. I, one of my buddies, he travels overseas for his job. He's, he's got to go to Singapore in April. He told me that maybe I could join him. And I just looked at the flights before we recorded this. It would be twenty six hundred dollars for the flight. Yeah. And then he he'd have rooms, but but Singapore is not cheap anyway. Even that would be for yeah. a week at least no. for the flight. It was like this is you could fit four. I looked it up once because I'm like that is sweet. And I was in Disney World or Disney. That's in Disney. Disney World. Is it in World? Okay. Yep. So I was in Disney World and I looked it up like before then, even before I knew I was going to Disney World. And yeah, I think it was five grand for. Four four people that could sleep in a room 
And so part of that is it makes it feel like you're actually in like a star cruiser, like right? You're cruising, right? Like a cruise, and then they have one of the excursions is you get dropped off in um, Batu, it, sure, the, one of the Star lands. Wars land, right, right. and you get to go and explore like you would in a normal. Cruise. But you stay overnight in these places. Yeah, so you then you go back, and it's all LED screens that make it look like the spaceship's taken off. It's and totally like, realistic, right? And you there's lightsaber training, and the entire time, all the actors and actresses are in in character. In character. The whole time, right? Uh, there's like it looks pretty band, amazing. People singing. It looks at, pretty amazing. at the bar and like themed drinks, themed food yeah but again to put it in perspective as far as a price and i mean oh, yeah no, once no, once no. in a lifetime it might be worth it but if if i fly to singapore it's <laughs> it's half the cost well no i mean yeah right it'd be twenty six hundred dollars for the tickets that i just looked at and it takes you almost like a day and a half to get there with the layovers right. and all that crap so it'd be almost the same amount of time for the same kind of price yep and then i'd have a week in singapore so yeah but this doesn't sound like an experience I wouldn't mind doing at one. Point. Yeah, you only live once, you know. Eventually, Mickey and I are going to win the lottery to make it to Batu uh, in 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 some in real life. In real life, like yes. the actual planet, because it'll be cheaper. To oh, go there. yeah, cheaper than yeah. <laughs> Hook up with yeah. After Tesla, we win the lottery, Tesla. first we got to buy tickets. But after yeah. we win the lottery, all this shit's going to happen. So, yeah. um, I also have written down the Flash official trailer that was came out. <laughs> That m- the movie comes out on June sixteenth. I don't know if you noticed this. It came out. They they showed that during the Super Bowl. I I don't. We didn't mention that or anything. I don't know if you noticed Mickey. that or not. Mickey. <laughs> oh, hey, the stroke is over. Sorry. Can I can I just say one more thing? <laughs> I listen. You have to three it. daughters sleeping. I, I promise it's not about. The it's th- your house. You can be as loud as you want, but you do have three daughters. Sleeping. I promise it's not about the Flash trailer. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, and uh, when. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out. It came out the same time as either Batman or Batman Returns. Okay, they were sold out of Batman, so people just got tickets for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So they that's could sneak in. how pop. No, they oh. bought tickets for it because they were sold out. Like so back just, in the day, they wanted to watch. A movie. Wanted, wanted to watch a movie. Right. That's how popular. Batman, Batman was that with Honey I Shrunk the Kids was at the top of the movie charts just from the overflow of people who couldn't make it to the Batman. That's movie. not an exaggeration. That's no. really why that movie did so well because people chose that. That was number two to watch if you couldn't get into Batman. And there were so many people who couldn't get into Batman because so many people were going to but Batman. But so many people chose that as the movie to go to because they couldn't see. Yeah, the movie I think they it was eighty nine. So I think yeah, it would have nope. been eighty nine. Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that. That's yeah, a, it that's came out like amazing. the same week, which normally. That would be a death sentence for any other movie. Right. So many people so wanted to see shrunk the kids because Batman. They couldn't see Batman. And they couldn't, and it was before the internet, and like, oh, check and see if there's tickets available. They were just wait, line, waiting in line. They got up to the ticket counter. Sorry, we're sold out. Uh, I guess we'll see Honey, so I Shrunk the Kids. So it's like the really hot woman at the bar. <laughs> Who everybody's hitting on? Some of the the runaway, her friend some of gets strays, to go home with the guy yeah, too because the strays that can't talk to her yeah. talk to her friend. Yep, <laughs> right. I never knew that is yeah. that is pretty funny. Actually. That just because that was speaks, a good movie in itself. Honey, I shot right, the kids. Yeah. Right. And that was, just speaks to that popularity in the culture at the time hilarious. of Batman. So. Right. Sorry. Yeah, no, that. I it wasn't about the Flash. About wasn't it? <laughs> well, you mean the Batman movie that has I'm Flash sorry, in it. I'm sorry, Batman yeah. movie that Flash is a part of. That's, that yeah, he, he has a cameo or something. Yeah. So speaking of universes and places to go, Brick Universe, the Lego Fan Expo in mm-hmm. Rochester, New York, comes out 
in April 22nd, 23rd. That looks pretty interesting, too. Yeah. Probably not another cheap thing, but no. it looks pretty cool. I yeah. mean, just Those Legos conventions, everywhere. anytime you can get, like, those types of people who are, like, that passionate about a single thing, like, you know, it's going to be, yeah, some really amazing stuff. That right. You, and just the, the enormous scale that they'll yes. probably see. It. Right. The, all those, like, stuff that people just make. Right. Like, the time and money. So, I don't know why I keep doing this, but... Uh, one more note we had that James Gunn, he opened up on how the DCU will actually be influenced by other movie franchises and TV franchises like Star Wars and Game of Thrones. That's yeah, That just adds to your excitement. It does. Go- they're going to do it right, and they're going to pull from all these right. places and, and be inspired by the right things and all that stuff. It's and that's, that's awesome. exactly what I was going to say is that he's, he's looking at the success and the things that went well, and he's going to – tailor that to the dc universe and i'm yeah i'm excited i'm pretty well, excited could have fooled me again once again you know just let it out once in a while that's all i'm saying <laughs> and one final p- note just about harrison ford being uh reeled as we've already mentioned he's going to be a character in the marvel universe uh yeah uh, a- agent ross or captain ross or right i don't even remember the name of yeah. it, but just it, th- this article revealed some of the details about his upcoming role and the guy still got it that he's yeah. always had because there's a show on Apple TV that I've been, I have for three months mm-hmm. called Shrinking with Jason Sudeikis. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's I've, funny. I've seen it's cool. Ad, it's yeah. it's deep. I mean, it's hmm. got message to it and everything. And Harrison Ford is just a crabby old man, and he is so good at it. And he's just straightforward and doesn't want to talk about his feelings, but he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> he he still got it, man. He he still got that smart ass delivery, which is yeah. right on point. He's going to be awesome in any role he plays. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a recast of Agent Ross, or I don't know. But recast, that's right. the, guy, the guy that was the main villain, I guess, military guy from the first uh, Incredible Hulk. Oh, uh, yeah, he, yeah, He yeah. had been in Civil War. He was them. He right. was trying to get them to do the accords and everything. So Yeah, um, that's cool that Harrison Ford and anything is going to be cool. Yeah. Almost as cool as Margot Robbie doing something. Oh, there, drink. <laughs> drink every time. Mickey says Margot Robbie, and every time I say Michael Keaton, and you will be dead. So. <laughs> Alcohol poisoning. Um, but, yeah, so as I had mentioned before, kind of a teaser. So my my dad uh, grew up uh, in the 80s. He went. He graduated high school in 1984. And uh, so I in thought. In New York. In, in New York, upstate New York. And I, Where I a thought. a lot of cool things happen music-wise. Well, and that was part of what he actually he mentioned. And we, we did this interview just a little bit or, earlier. But he mentioned how, um, you know, the these artists would kind of play the circuit up and down the Catskill Mountains um, from New York City up north and then back down. Um, so uh, this is the magic of podcasts. We're going to insert that, you know, um, that interview here in a, in a second. But, uh, yeah, so it was uh, – it, it, kind of talk more about classic rock and I have some detours, but hopefully you enjoy it. And without further ado, here's, here's our interview. All right. So, uh, I, I, uh, have a, a guest here. We, we did a guest interview that, uh, we wanted to bring in somebody today. And, uh, I, I would almost say the original Monty, uh, if, if you will, uh, my, my dad, kind uh, of important person. In ta- your life. Yeah. The guy that taught me without him the guy that taught me everything i know and some things i don't um uh my my dad tom monteverdi who he had graduated in 1985 right high school 84 84 so right you know kind of in the middle or i'd say even like right after the quote-unquote classic rock and i guess 
before we get any further, I want to ask you, what do you, cause, cause I, I did a little bit of research and there's apparently a lot of different answers for this question, but you personally, and growing up in the time that you did, you know, really, I mean, CDs didn't even come out till the nineties, really. It was still records, eight tracks kind of thing. Is that what you were uh, listening uh, Well, see, our uh, cassettes were, were of Cassette. my age, uh, the eight tracks were just before me. Okay, so cassettes were really, yeah, obviously, yeah. But any yeah. records were still popular, which I think they've kind of stayed, kept their popularity the entire time. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. LPs, forty uh, fives were pretty much uh, done. Right. L, L, LPs were still pretty, pretty uh, um, potent. So, yeah. so then I guess the question is, and this kind of, you know, this is what the podcast is on this episode. What do you consider, and I know I'm purposely leaving this open-ended because I think everybody kind of has their own opinion about it, but what do you consider if, when somebody says classic rock or you are, have a classic rock radio station tuned in, what songs or what type of songs or what decade or what what do you consider classic what rock? What genre or what, what era or what, yeah, what time period or whatever? So classic, to me, the definition of classic rock is any music, uh, not necessarily rock. I think that's, uh, I think they paraphrase with that, but any music that spans generations. So if you look at my generation, uh, there's classic rock that comes out of the 60s. Um, Janis Joplin, for example. Um, now, out of your generation, Tom, I would say that, you know, you're going to have the Justin Timberlakes and um, I'm really stretching coming out of your generation. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing is like, I think eventually some of that will be considered, but like even earlier than that, what was thrown into the mix that I, at least for some of the things I heard was like uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Towards the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I mean, like Prince, and I, I feel at some point, I mean, their, uh, their music was ahead of their time. Um, but I mean, if you, if you are a true classic rock fan, you're looking at Queen, you're looking at Def Leppard, uh, CCR, um, uh, Billy Joel, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's just, there's, genres then? Uh, yeah, and it's it, it you know realistically, it, um, I mean, so many people think, well, classic rock is just that; it's got to be a rock and roll. But um, you know, Billy Joel is probably one of the best songwriters of my generation, storyteller. Um, but he's going to go down, I feel, in history as a classic rock uh, musician. I got to see him at Lambo. That was awesome. I'm very jealous. Yeah, a pricey ticket. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of, I guess, what I would consider or that we we've talked about or consider is like and the like, you know, it, it it's uh, it's the guitar led like the the songs. And, and, you know, part of it, what what it considered classic is the songs that you're still hearing because of because they stand on their own. Like even the one hit wonders of the 70s and 80s, those 
are still classic rock, even though they didn't have a successful career, at least in my opinion. Sure. Uh, you know, and it and it's just I feel like it's it's like you said, it it is starting to shift a little bit as people get older, um, you know, and, and the, the demographics change who they're kind of marketing to specifically talking about a classic rock radio station. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, the, the people are, are starting to include or have already included like those West coast, um, you know, grunge bands like Pearl Jam and, and Nirvana into that category because people, you know, who grew up in the nine, Nick, Mickey's a perfect example, you know, that, was a rock you know a very popular band at the time and now they're saying 30 years in retrospect it's kind of ending the classic rock but like you said now is that going to be ended yeah next generation right and that's and that's what i'm saying is like i think i think you're going to see that um but yeah i guess that that was kind of the the biggest question i had but also i guess when you were growing up then, so you, you were born in 66, you went through high school, basically early to mid eighties. What was like the bands that everybody wanted to see or get cassettes of, or like, what was, was it, was it uh, specific bands or was it just like today were just there's so many different artists that are out there? Well, uh, I'll tell you a true story. So my sister Rose and I were in Albany, New York. Uh, you know that I was born and raised in upstate New York. Um, I was a senior in high school at the time, and we walked into a, uh, I'll say an establishment. It was a bar. And of all people that were playing there was Joan Jett. Okay. She did, she did a, a three-song set. Nobody knew she was coming in. Just a gig. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to be in the right place in the right time. Wow. Uh, but, you know, so we listen, I listened to, to the Joan Jets, the Rolling Stones. Uh, I'm not a huge Beatle fan, even though they probably fall in that classic rock. The Who, Pink Floyd, Queen, ACDC, um, some Aerosmith, Fleetwood Mac. I was a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, I, got see, I got to see Kiss live um, in yeah. one of their concerts. Awesome. Uh, you know, Van Halen, Journey, um, Bon Jovi falls in there, but um, they were more of a hair band to me. Uh, some people, you know, still look at them as uh, a classic rock. You know, the ZZ Tops, um, Rush for sure. Yeah. You know, um, I listened to Blue Oyster Cult uh, early on. You know, I was never like a Metallica fan or anything like that. Metallica was a little, little over top for me right but the beach boys even fall into that classic rock you know so but that's that's like you know the 60s i was gonna say yeah and and from the little bit of research that i did there there's a um there's a documentary out there called what is classic rock and this guy just like a amateur documentary guy he actually he made a movie so you can go watch watching to a lot of these like um, he was getting interviews with people in the music industry who, and there was people who were talking about like fifties and early sixties as oldies, as they considered oldies, wow, like sure. Elvis and like sure. late early Beatles, um, uh, uh, War music. Johnny Be Good, um, Chuck Berry, right. Chuck Berry, 
you know, those, those types, they kind of loosely define that as oldies. And then like sixties and seventies, there were people that were like, this is classic rock. But then other people were like, well, the hair bands of the late seventies and the eighties, those are classic rock as well. So I think it, it does it kind of depend yeah. as we go through time, like what you consider classic or what was popular, you know, while you were in that like high school to mid um, age. I think, I think people, it's kind of like a slipping, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that, that car, that Mustang that I had, it's a night, it was a 95, you know, eventually it was a 90. Yeah. That, I think that that, definition of classic rock kind of it changes as the years go on but yeah i mean when i when i picture what i think of classic rock is like all the the songs that my football coach would pay play in the the locker room pump you up yeah like those you know metallica ecdc def leppard pink floyd you know all of these these bands that kind of define to me more so the 80s in like early or uh, late 70s you know that that t- to me kind of defined that because even the beatles they talk they talk a lot about the what do they call it the european invasion or the, yeah the british invasion, british invasion. British invasion. <clears throat> um like that was almost like too early to be considered classic rock well, that was for kind some of people. wartime too yeah, yeah. I and mean, if, if you're if you're uh, really gonna put a time uh stamp on it i would say probably from 65 ish 66 through probably 79 80 is where your classic rocks uh band came at come out of um you got to remember there's probably 50 plus uh bands that came out of there whether they were one hit wonders or you know the the judas priests of the world or the queens or or even uh sticks i mean fantastic album paradise theater it actually it's a a theater in up in albany new york and there's actually a hologram on the on the album itself uh if you ever get a chance to see the album actually my my oldest son gave me one from for christmas because i had the original and uh, ultimately lost it but he he bought it for me for christmas that's a cool gift so you got a pretty great range of of music that you like too and every band you named i love so that's pretty cool now being around here we don't really necessarily have the opportunity the bands don't come around to this area even milwaukee as much so sorry sorry um so just to give some context mixy mickey graduated in 92 92 graduated high school in 92 and he lived in wisconsin his whole life right so okay had resources and opportunities to see way better concerts than I even I and I've been to a lot of live music. I love live music and I've seen a lot of good great bands, but can you can you just rattle off a few of your favorite concerts or live shows that you've seen with um with the opportunities that you've had? Well I like I said I seen probably the best concert I seen was uh was Kiss at uh the SPAC up in uh, upstate New York. It's was up in Rensselaer. Um, I was Kiss fan, I was huge into Kiss. That's yeah, it was the loudest concert I was ever. Well, that's what they were known for in the day. Right. Uh, but, uh, their drummer came out on a tank um, and literally did a drum solo to start off the concert. Okay, no then went from there. And I wasn't really into Kiss uh, or, or listened a lot to a lot of Kiss until after that. But yeah, he uh, and they were shooting fireworks out of the end of the cannon and into the crowd and. 
uh, it was just a real, real crazy time. And that was general admission, uh, open theater, um, kind of like an amphitheater, but uh, a huge, were, huge venue. They were doing things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was that whole uh, let's keep everybody a secret who they yeah. who we really are. Nobody knew who they were. Um, you could be passing them in the street and not know them unless uh, unless he stuck his tongue out at you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, then I seen Fleetwood Mac. Um, that would be awesome. I seen uh, I seen. Uh, I'm trying to think of the concerts that I went to. I seen Boston in Boston on uh, on the Fourth of July. Man, uh, yeah, that was when I was in the military. Oh, I seen, I seen, uh, and I actually got those tickets for nothing. Back in the day, you could buy concert tickets for a live band, you know, a frontline live band for eight nine dollars. Uh, I was gonna say, don't even get me started on Ticketmaster and the complete shame of like a complete just ridiculous well then the fees the fees well that's the price well that's it i I got mikhail and i are going to uh uh uh, hamilton again and it was like 30 40 bucks in fees so yeah like yeah i I remember there was an interview with um i think it was with nirvana and they were like talking about like what i don't even know at the time who was the big pop sensation what they were getting for tickets and he's like are you kidding me Kurt Cobain was saying that, yeah. No, I mean inflation's obviously one thing, but well, they didn't have fees; they weren't charging. Yeah, they weren't charging fees because you went and bought the ticket in person. Right, right. But you know, you also have to understand the era that I grew up in compared compared to what you guys grew up in. You know, so on a Friday night, it was nothing for fifty, seventy-five people to get together. And we had, well, my best friend was a lead guitarist. He actually had a Les Paul custom. Oh. Um, and he could play by ear any song you wanted. And uh, there was probably about three other uh, people that he would get together with. And they had private concerts uh, in people's backyards. That was a pretty common Wow. That was a pretty common thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it was just people getting together and playing music and then people would gravitate to them, right. you know, because it was the place to be where nowadays, you know, I don't, I don't know what kids do other than play video games and hang out or, you know, text across the room or whatever. I'm not, it's, not a, it's not a, it's not a slam on you guys, but you know, it's. No, it's, that you, you hit that <laughs> sweet spot and it's, I said it all the time. Like I was graduated in 1985. Oh right. I was, well, even me. So I mean, much good. Music. I witnessed a lot of what he's talking about. But yeah. now it's Guitar Hero. That's yeah. all they're doing. It's they're not right. jamming. Well, so just, yeah. it's a video. just to get some perspective, um, Back to the Future, the first one came out when I was a, while I was a senior in high school. Huey Lewis did the did the soundtrack for him. I was working at a drive-in theater. That was a place to be on a Friday night as well. Oh hell yeah. You know, yeah. I only worked there because that's where 90% of my friends were on a Friday night. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. but yeah, you, you, I mean, the internet wasn't even a thing yet. So no, the, the difference in the culture back then too. And and this is why, and maybe, maybe it'll change and maybe it'll get better. But I, I think that that was part of why like music and classic. So much a part of the Z- 
was because it was something that everybody could relate to and you had to and talk about you had yeah. to go find it, it, it right. now it's so readily available and digital right. and, and it's just anywhere you want it you had to yeah. go find it you, you had, had to, to go to the store and like-minded people and people who like the same music were there at the concert with you and then and that's right. how you met friends and all that stuff and yeah. and and I, and I mean you could either listen to it on the radio or you had to physically go to a record store right. buy the, the cassette or, or right. whatever but I think also something else, and this is just kind of an aside, it's not really classic rock or like classic rock, but correct me if I'm wrong on this, and Mickey and Dad, you can you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but it used to be that you couldn't just go and buy a Kiss t-shirt, right? You could only get that ACDC. So if somebody would well, show up, uh, so 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 that was the misconception that you know you'll see these t-shirts in the mall you'll see a kiss or an aerosmith or uh, rolling stones and those were what i would call a store t-shirt but when you wanted the concert t-shirt you had to go to you could only get it at the concert and that would and i and on the back it would list all the concert dates and places that that band was playing at and you know you would obviously get that concert t-shirt at that concert but you couldn't go into the mall and buy a concert t-shirt i don't know what that if that still holds true today with you know amazon and everything else that's out there and i'm a huge american pickers fan those guys come across some of these vintage concert shirts from you know 70s 80s 60s or whatever Mm -hmm. i because they're so rare and hard to find, and people just threw them away after a while because they didn't realize the value they were going to have. Those things are worth worth a lot now because right. they, that was the only way you got them, like you said. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I think I think that was almost like a statement. Like, you showed up to high school, a senior in high school, and you had a you know Def Leppard t shirt on. Like, oh wow, you went you to the to concert, you got to yeah. see them. Like, that yeah. was wasn't just oh you just found it in you know hot topic. Yeah. No, yeah. and, the, and the funny the funny thing about that if the, if you went to a concert on a Friday night, you go to school on on Monday, and probably half of your schoolmates had that same T-shirt on because that was the thing to oh, do, you know. Right. Right. You know, right. the last concert I went to, like I said, it was probably three or four carloads of people that just carpooled to get up there. You know, throw a couple bucks. Well, gas was eighty nine cents a gallon, eighty five cents a gallon. Throw right. a couple couple bucks together and fill the tank and drive somebody would drive but but yeah it was it was a different era different time yeah everything was a little more simple but uh one of these last family trips i took we actually visited woodstock just to be out there just there's just a feeling just to see that field yeah it's just amazing and it's middle of nowhere Right. But I mean, you can almost feel the presence of some of those legendary artists. You know, like, so, Mickey, I'm going to give you a little backstory on Woodstock. Yeah, that's where my wife found out she was pregnant with my son that you're sitting next to. No kidding. Yeah. Told me that even. Uh, I, I you didn't know that. I, I knew it, but I forgot it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Her her doctor was actually uh, his office was in Woodstock, and she found out she actually had. Her pregnancy test on we thought she was pregnant but back in the day you go, had to go in and have a blood test yeah and she found out in woodstock new york because we live just north of that in catskill and she found out that she was pregnant in woodstock no kidding man i like you even more now <laughs> <laughs> and just another another side note of tom's connection so when i went to high school 
my homeroom buddy was Mike Tyson. He sat right next to me in high school. No kidding. Yeah. Did he eat your children? <laughs> yeah, he uh, he got kicked out. I think it was our senior year when he punched him. He I think he punched a math teacher. So. Was he a guy otherwise? Because he's got that nature. Oh, he was a, he was a great guy. Everybody everybody gives him a bad rap, but right. yeah, he actually asked me if I could date my my twin sister that's no longer with us, and I said he had to ask my dad, and he never did. But <laughs> so Mike Tyson was scared of my grandpa. Right. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think. I think that's a stretch, but for whatever reason, yeah, he never went and asked him. But do you think there's any chance if you were to run into him that he'd remember you? I mean, so here's here's another backstory on Mike Tyson, and we're kind of getting off the classic rock thing. But this um, is the way my my, works. my mom we, we my always mom was, go off topic all the time. And, so this is and he's this a big is, Phil Collins fan. Mike Tyson was. You can see that in the Hangover. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. But uh, he went, he was, my mom went into the local car dealership in Catskill, New York, and was having some work done on her car. And who walks in but Mike Tyson and his entourage. And my mom just sat there. My mom was, well, what was Grandma B, Tom? Was she all a five foot? Yeah, five, maybe, maybe a little over five foot. Yeah. And she, she was just sitting there and um, he walked up to her and, said uh you're mrs monteverdi and she said yes i am and she he actually asked how i was doing and where i was at and what i was what i was up to no kidding and at that time i was in the military i wasn't married at the time right but i mean everybody in the world knows who that guy is that's pretty awesome and you sat in high school that's pretty cool yeah wow but yeah that was before he turned pro he was he was still fighting out of the the boys club at a, on Main Street in Catskill, New York. He was probably still tra- training and everything already did, obviously. Oh yeah, he was he was a general general uh, badass at the time. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't nobody to mess with. No, you know? right. he's a little shorter than I am. Um, I'm f- I'm five nine and a half on a good day, and he was probably he's probably five eight and a half somewhere in there. Right. But but yeah, I taught him how to drive in my dad's pickup truck. You taught Mike how to drive. That's awesome. That's so cool, man. I'm going to brag about that. It had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, who knew exactly. Mike <laughs> so my son and his infinite wisdom, Mickey, here's another one for you. Um, so we, we went to New York to move my parents. They sold their house and uh, they were moving into their retirement home. And my mom lived across the street from a gentleman that was an usher at Yankee Stadium. My mom was a diehard Yankee fan from day one. Okay. And uh, her, we were moving my parents, like I said, and her grandsons. So it was Jason, Tom, Andrew, and I think Nicholas were on their front lawn of their new house and they were playing catch. So my mom, being the baseball fan that she is, she ran in the house and she got her glove and she's playing catch with them. Well, they throw the ball to her, whichever grandson it was. And it was the Yankees World Series autographed baseball that they were playing the ball with. Nope. So, so my mom was that the, she had the foresight to, to go to a Yankee game because she would get tickets from her neighbor. And they had a bar off of, the old Yankee stadium where the players would filter through on their way out of the, the dugout after the game. 
Well, the five foot Italian woman refused to take no for an answer. And she had them all sign the ball as they were coming through the bar. No kidding. She just got her way because like the entire team signed the ball. Where is that ball? It's more than Poppy's. Because you're still you're a Yankee fan, right? Technically, I mean, yeah. No kidding. Wow, that's awesome. Anyways, um, did you the one other concert that I was thinking of? Did you did you say that you ever went to um, Ted Nugent? No, I met his wife, but I never met Ted. No, but did you go (laughs) to the concert? Hear that? No, I was never. I never met Ted Nugent. Never went to his concert. I know you never met him, but did you did you go to one of his concerts? No, I've never been to one of his concerts. Okay, I thought yeah. Okay. I'm not a big fan of his either, but I mean he's obviously a legend. But that's funny that you met his wife, but never him. <laughs> well, his wife was down at DU, the Ducks Unlimited in Oshkosh. Really? Yeah, Tom met her. Tom <laughs> met her too. Yeah, I bought a a pair of his long winter underwear. She had a she had a uh, uh, booth there, and. Oh. Uh, for hunting, yeah. Yeah, he's a huge hunter, obviously. Yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Okay. I, I could listen to these stories all day long. That's. I can't believe you. You taught Mike Tyson how to drive. That's that's amazing. So obviously, yeah. obviously, most of the concerts that you would have went to would have been in upstate New York, just because they were closer. But did you right. go to any other concerts in like in New York City, like Madison Square Garden, or any of those? No, I'm. I mean, I was in Madison Square Garden a couple times, but no, not for a concert. Um, I was in Boston when I was in the military. Like I said, I seen Boston play in Boston. I I couldn't be. That's one I'm more jealous of than anything else. I love Boston. I mean, yeah. Well, them in Kansas are probably the two most underrated bands, if in my opinion. Oh, for a while, every song Boston put out was a huge hit. Yeah. I mean, their whole first album, every song you've heard, every song yeah. a million times, you know. Right. Well, and and like it just it just goes to show the talent of that time. Like I just it's just head and shoulders above most of what's coming out. And it, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of talented artists today. But it's all based on that. Right. Well, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of yeah. They're they're copying or they're at least parodying those inspired by you or know. whatever. Yeah. Um. But one of the the craziest things, and and I said to my dad about this, is like. You know, the Thriller album came out and there was so many good hits that came out. I just but then that randomly, I forget what song it was. I think it was it was either Billie Jean or some, something. Beat it. Beat it with Van Halen. Oh. That was it Beat It? I don't, but, but, no, Beat It was a Michael Jackson tune. I know, but he there was a there Van Halen who played the, lead, the guitar solo for a song that Michael Jackson. Yeah, that would have been Beat It. That was uh, Eddie Van Halen played the yeah. lead guitar for that, like, I believe. Like he just like was like, "Hey, do you want to do this?" And they came. Like I can't imagine. Like in the time, like please, like did you understand? Like growing up in that time, like oh my gosh, this is Eddie Van Halen playing lead guitar solo for Michael Jackson. Like that had to. Like I know. Like in retrospect, like that's obviously a big deal, but like. Did you understand at the time? Like, am I going to be able to say someday, like, we're kicking it back? Like, I know the, that's, a, that's a bad example, <laughs> but like, did you, was it, was it recognized in its time, in, in the time, like, 
this is a good album. Like, did everybody get the thriller or like get right you know, listen to it and yes. like was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Immediately, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think it was recognized. At least it wasn't by me that uh, you know it was like, oh wow, I'm living in an amazing uh, music era. But the thing that was that was great about the that era of music was it was all individuals. It wasn't this copycat like you get now or redo redos of because nobody can come up with original. Uh, music or a music original song so they redo one from from the classic rock era that happens a lot yeah i I think he's right yeah at the time you don't necessarily appreciate what is going on around you is maybe because people just didn't think that way maybe it's more now but but an album like that was immediately yeah popular well and and, you know just to throw something out at two star war fans too you know that came out in our era too yeah right Right. Yeah, yeah, I was three years old. Don't even get me started on the movies that came out in like that time. Like I don't know. I think in the summer of '85, I think it was Back to the Future, and like I think there was one other one. I don't know. Like I can't imagine going to the movie theater to seeing like these like classic movies. Well, and like even Forrest Gump that came yeah. out. For I mean, that would have been that was the early '90s, but yeah, same. Okay. So, but. But the soundtrack for that oh. is based on this. Yeah. That, that, I love that soundtrack. That's it's from the 60s, you know? It's and amazing. that's the other thing I was going to say is like a lot of these songs end up becoming a part of like movie soundtracks. Right. And like you look at like the they Guardians, the time, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the like, you know, the Awesome Mix Volume 1 and 2, like those are all considered classic rock songs. And they define know? that decade or that era. Yeah. Right. 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 And in right. a movie like Forrest Gump was able to capture that so like they were able to take and say this is vietnam era because you know as you know as helicopters are coming in over the you know so i i I think that it's almost it's almost like some of these are classic because they bring you back to that time and it's such a like defining portion of you know the american culture uh, so to speak. But. Well, and music has that power on your brain anyway. It actually, with the brain waves and stuff. Yeah. It literally affects it, our brain chemistry. Right. And it takes you, yeah, it takes you back. So right. it's, it's amazing. So Paul, here's another, here's another story or, or at least uh, a hypothesis that's out there about Paul McCartney. And you may or may not have heard it. It came out when I was in, I would have been in grade school. So they had a lookalike contest for the Beatles because the Beatles were in their prime at the time and everybody wanted to look and be like the Beatles, you know, they like you said, the British invasion. And there was a, there was a gentleman by the name of Billy Shears that showed up and he looked just like Paul McCartney, um, played just like Paul McCartney and sang just like Paul McCartney. So the story goes that Paul McCartney shortly after that, it was like a two week, he won the talent, contest or the lookalike talent contest for paul mccartney and um the story goes that paul mccartney was in a serious car wreck um now what's really strange about this was that paul mccartney supposedly was a vegetable um he divorced his wife shortly after the car wreck or broke up with i don't think he was married i think it was his fiance broke up with her wound up marrying billy shields girlfriend of the time billy and Billy Shields no longer exists. Nobody knows where he where he went to. So in the height of the Beatles' career, when this all supposedly happened, 
they couldn't take a blow like that to lose a you know a front front line name like Paul McCartney in a band like that. They were fearful of what it would do to the band because you got to remember what was it? The Beatles were three three people, right? Right. So they re- so the story goes that they replaced Paul McCartney with Billy Shields and nope. and kept on. Wow. Yeah, and there's supposed to be like. Um different clues left throughout like Abbey road. Like one of them's got their bare feet. One of them's the supposed to be the, like one of them. Well, it's Paul McCartney. So Paul McCartney is actually barefoot and that's the way you bury somebody in a, in a casket is barefoot. Um, They all are wearing, I think the same uh, suit, except for Paul McCartney. He's got a black suit on. (laughs) And Um, the other one, I think, I think Ringo had just like jeans and a, a shirt on and he was supposed to be like the grave digger or something uh, yeah they just built on that whole story then uh, yeah and it, I think if, if you play the the record backwards yeah, there was a lot of like, crap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well supposedly if you played that abbey road album forward and i never had the opportunity to in the background of the mix you can hear somebody actually introducing we we'd like to replace sir paul mccartney with our new band member Billy Shields. No kidding. But I've, like I said, I, I never looked into it or listened to it. He used to say he could play John Denver records backwards and hear satanic kind of messages. Yeah. I, don't know how much that I think if you play any record backward, it's going to sound kind of goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Shark, who knew? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, yeah, I guess anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as um, as far as classic rock goes or anything else while we got you on the line here, Dad, or any, any uh, experiences or anything? I think I think the only thing that I would say is, um, you know, so I'm 56 and someday my generation will be will no longer be um, hopefully your generation or your children's generation pick up the gauntlet and start to make some really good music. You know, um, there's something, something to be said about really good music. You know, we're going to, we're going down to Nashville. You just got back from Nashville. I mean, we spoke briefly about it. Um, There's nothing like going to a live concert. I mean, you, you can go to a DJ and they can play any album, or any song that's out there, but there's just something about a lot, a good live band. I agree. Yeah. I, the other thing is I like thinking about like, you know, my grandparents or great grandparents, their, their music at their time was like Lawrence Welk and, you know, big bands and all that stuff. Like my generation, it's going to be like Pantera Metallica. Right. That's the music that, I mean, it's right. way different kind of music. right and i yeah i think the 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 types of music are changing but as long as it's still good music right i just like the thought of it yeah well the thought yeah oh these 90 year olds used to listen to metallica yeah yeah right oh i see what you're saying like yeah Yeah. and and how many years yeah right yeah well and and it's just funny because it's just like you know the whole like Elvis Presley, you know, the devil, you know, playing, you know, with yeah. him shaking his hips. Well, even and Kiss, it's so Kiss was supposed to be satanic. Yeah. Now they're so, they're considered so tame compared to some of the other. Well, didn't, uh, didn't someone say, and I, I'm sure anybody can say anything, dad, but I, didn't you say something about Ozzy went to mass every Sunday or something? And yeah, he, there's a lot of strange things that, that supposedly happened uh, with Ozzy. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, I listened to a lot of Ozzy when I was younger too. Um, you know, Crazy Train and yes. just uh, Bla- early Black Sabbath. I mean, he was he was ahead of his time. You know, um, right. a lot of and that that's the other part that people don't understand is a lot of these uh, a lot of these bands that we're talking about. A lot of the a lot of the the band members weren't able to perform like they did unless they were high or whether they were drunk or whatever it was. Right. That's true. And he's yeah. killed a lot of brain cells as a result, but yeah. Look at yeah. The well, I mean, yeah, that, that whole, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like that's kind of the, you know, that's, it kind of goes hand in hand, but, and I, and I think that kind of dovetailing into that, I think Ozzy kiss, you know, some of these other bands, um, Twisted Sister was another Twisted one that I was thinking. Um, they all had this, like, it wasn't just, hey, I'm Ozzy Osbourne, welcome to my show. It was right. like, there was a whole persona surrounding yeah, yeah. that band, and those band members had individual, you know, face paint or costumes. Like, it wasn't just a guy sitting there. Like, it was a it was a performance. It was right. like, you know, an art. You know, it was... It was more than just the music. And I think that that was part of the reason why, and, and it still is happening today. I mean, you go to bands, oh, bands like Guar and Slayer, it's literally a performance. They're, but, they have they, like different scenery and all that. Yeah. Stuff, costumes and all that. And, and like I said, it's still happening today, but I feel like that was part of the allure of these bands is you got to see Ozzy Osbourne bite a head off of a bat or right. something, you know, yeah. in, in concert, you know, just crazy stuff yeah. that was happening. And obviously, like you said, that kind of, I mean, and a lot of these people, you know, the the drugs and the alcohol kind of, you know, either killed them early or destroyed their lives. But that was, it was an unfortunate means to justify the end. Uh, I don't know how to, how to even Although, say I mean, they couldn't even, they, they couldn't perform every night. With, yeah. They were hopped up. I was going to say, yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you get that much energy with right. like, cocaine? Desire you and know? motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Unfortunately, but. Okay. And and then one other thing that I just want to say is I'm glad that you said, I hope that, you know, my generation or the, my kid's generation make good music. I'm glad that it wasn't this, this uh, mindset of, right. Like, I hope that they still listen to the music that I was listening. Like, I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that, no, this music will never go away, but there is some generation should be inspired by the previous one. Yeah. To make their own. And there should, yeah, there should just be new, better, you know, we should always be building on that. But anyway, well, if you ever get the opportunity and I don't know if you have or haven't, you, maybe you both have, but uh, do some research on the album, Pink Floyd, the wall. Oh yeah. And the meaning, the meanings behind, that album right 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 I mean, it, it's and that and i think that's why i and i'll and i'll use this term my our music our our generational music meant you know is still hanging around is because the music actually had a story behind it Very you know right. yeah and now it's just a matter of it's a sometimes it's a three-word chorus and and they throw some some risk behind it and they're they're happy with that and electronics yeah. like the yeah like the halftime show i mean yeah we of... watched we turned on coco melon for our grandkids <laughs> right yeah i mean rihanna is a good artist but yeah, yeah it just wasn't kind of like it i didn't i wasn't like disappointed by it but i wasn't like this is amazing you right. know you're not seeing history or anything really right no. like, you know that yeah. you can 
20 years from now, somebody's not going to be looking that up on a YouTube channel, you know, and I showed, I've shown Tom a couple different, different, uh, well, for example, if you get an opportunity, look it up. It's Eric Clapton's induction to rock and roll hall of fame. And there's Tom Petty, there's Prince, uh, Prince actually does the, the final lead, uh, uh, guitar and takes his guitar and throws it in the audience when he's done. And walks off stage. It's just phenomenal. It's amazing performance by everybody that's standing on stage. And, you know, you talk about the show. The show was the music in that particular case. They didn't need they didn't need the light effects. They didn't need the the cannons going off. It was just that it was the music. Right. You know, um, but uh, enough to have gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. And like you said, all that stuff is memorialized with pictures and stuff. And it was literally just the music, just these artists and what and their the creation that came out of them. You know, right. it was more about that than than having to put on with all the you know fireworks and all that stuff. You know, but right. You know, the band that really pro- kind of brought that to the for- forefront was Kiss. Kiss was yeah. a marketing genius. Yeah, um, and nobody knew it at the time. But you know, with the dolls and the you name it, the face paint and the mask and the hair and, and the clothes and everything that went along with it. He, they made more money. You know, they, it was all endorsements. They made money off of that, more money than that, than they did on their, on their music. And they did, they made some amazing music, but right. it was, he was, they were a marketing genius. Yeah. He's got a room in his house that's got literally everything that's ever been made. It's why it's toys, garb, everything. And it's just packed. Yeah. Yeah, There's so much kiss stuff out there. Yeah, and Mickey actually brings that up every once in a while when we compare it to like the way Star Wars, you know, has something of everything, and how like Kiss it did the same thing, and like that there was like Kiss underwear or whatever, right. you know, like right. that was yeah. So kiss right, the the marketing behind it, yeah. So yeah, just, yeah, and I and I think that you know when you're talking about like Pink Floyd, The Wall, and some of these other bands, like I think part of it and i think every generation you know that coming of age you know whatever early 20s i think every everyone's kind of like bucking the system or like give it to the man kind of thing but it just felt like there was a lot of that going on too with classic rock like a lot of like anti-establishment like and and i know that the the, the 60s and, and the vietnam war and everything that went along with that was was obviously a part of that but it just felt like that like if you were to like generalize classic rock, it does feel like it was a lot of that type of like, like don't be mainstream and like that kind of teenagers. Yeah. You know, so Those are the ones who are kind well, of establishment, like you said, you know, that's right. the main. Well, you guys touched, you guys touched on it a little bit. I mean, prior to our generational music, you had the Lawrence Welk. So that was my mom and dad, you know, they listened to Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and it, the music really hadn't changed over the course of their time. Yeah. You had the polka, which was a different uh, genre. And then you had the Hank Williams, which was really country Western, you know, they stayed, stayed in those streams, but then you had classic rock that showed up rock and roll. And it was something that my parents didn't, didn't listen to. They didn't like it. You know, and I'm sure they had their opinions about it, um, but it was a separation between my parents and my generation being able to establish my own self. 
And uh, like you said, you know, um, it just wasn't mainstream. It wasn't. But it's really funny. Now you go anywhere in the, in the United States and, you know, you walk in a restaurant and they're usually playing some classic rock. You go into a stadium, of, uh, you know, you go to a baseball game and in between innings they're probably pumping uh, classic rock in or pregame or whatever it may be. Right. right. Start me up with that how long i think they yeah. finally got rid of it <laughs> yeah well our when i when i was in little league our our uh our theme song was uh, we are the champions by queen of course so we in our our little league they had you know sound system and we they played it played our song and then they played the opposing team song whatever it was but, yeah i mean even 30 years later though when i was in high school the runout song for the basketball team was Thunderstruck. Right. Of yeah. Course, you know. It just pumps you up. Yeah. It's right. It's got that, right. that high energy, you know, like people are playing instruments, not just making music on their computer, yeah, making right. sounds right. on the computer. Exactly. They're actually playing instruments. And I think that's what I appreciate the most about that genre, that time period is just the, the raw talent that was, that was available, but also that these people were able to like show you, in a way that you couldn't just auto tune it out or whatever. Like it was, it was real and it was, it was just good. So yeah. I don't know. Well, and the, the other thing that I'll add and before we go here um, is that any of the music of that era, when it comes on within the first few bars or lines, you know, the song. Yeah, exactly. And I've got right. that kind of ear. Right. I mean, you know, where nowadays it's almost the music that's being generated today. It's almost like you got to get halfway through it. And it's like, well, is that so? Well, no, maybe. Well, it could be this. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's it's there. It's almost like it's a copycat. And there, and there are a few artists out there that are really, really doing well. Um, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Vince Gill fan. You know, you never think uh, a guy that listens to classic rock is a Vince Gill fan or Vince Gill fan. But another story, I mean, I seen the video um, when uh, Chris Stapleton was coming on the scene. He was just starting out. He was kind of a, the newbie in the country western. And he walked in to by Vince Gill's house and Vince Gill was playing a guitar. And so the story goes, uh, Vince Gill wanted to play with him. He wanted uh, Chris Stapleton to play. And he's like, well, I didn't bring a guitar. And Vince goes, well, you can play this one. Well, the guitar Vince Gill was playing was like a six-figure guitar. He's like, no, 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 I can't touch that. He's like, oh, go ahead, play it. I'll go grab another one off the wall. And he had 50 guitars. But there was like four or five songwriters, and they wrote a song sitting there that night for Chris Stapleton and put him on the map. Right. And he's huge now. I mean, I've seen him even. Yeah. Stapleton. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He's ginormous. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate us yeah, uh, letting you pick your brain for a little bit. And like I said, I just, you know, this was not a normal, uh, I would say, I don't know what is normal with Monty and Mickey, Especially but, us, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't a typical Monty and Mickey episode. So we just figured, or I just figured, you know, obviously Mickey brings a lot to the table in terms of like, having experience I in that music in that time, that time right? yeah. um but i knew obviously you grew up during that time too and, would and have... being in new york i mean like you say I, i've been to a lot of great concerts and seen a lot of good music and i'm only eight years younger than him but 
but you were in New York, so you had opportunities I didn't necessarily have. So that's, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we had the Billy Joels uh, running up and down the the Hudson River, you know, um, playing all the little the little places, trying to make it, you know, and then finally making it big. I mean, he grew up in Long Island. I think it was Patchogue, Long Island, which is about two and a half hours from where I grew up. You know, a lot of a lot of good music came out of it. Oh. A lot of good times, you know. And that's right. what it was all about is, you know, going out and having a good time and uh, enjoying the, the night, you know, with some live music. Right. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And, yeah, we'll uh, I'll, uh, talk to you later, I'm sure. It was great talking to you. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Have a great night, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, so thanks again, Dad, for, for taking the time to do that. I think that there's a yeah, lot of really time. really good information and, like I said, just kind of a unique perspective. Obviously, Mickey has that experience. He grew up in that time. Um, but just being a lot of live music too. separated by about eight years and being in New York, like clearly, you know, just, just a different, unique perspective. Um, and I, I just can't speak to that as well because – I was born You're in 90. You're so much younger and than I'm not, me. And I'm not saying that I'm so much younger, but I'm well, just more so, more so saying, like, I, I didn't, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't it's part of my generation. generation right? Yeah. Right. And when, when we consider classic rock or what is classic rock. And that's, that's really, like, I touched on that, that documentary is just, like, it was such an interesting thing to me that there isn't a singular defining this is classic rock, you know, this is what it is to be country. You know, you can say that and it's, this is country. And now even so that's, that's somewhat changing, but right. Um, so Mickey, you, you did find something that at least tries to classify classic. Well, rock. we kind of went over a lot of that. So I'm going to go over this quickly because we addressed that with your dad quite a bit, but basically, I mean, some people even trace it back to the 1950s with Elvis and little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis. Otherwise, it generally goes at this point, and we talked about this, how it kind of evolves and grows right. a little bigger depending on which generation is talking about it. But generally it goes from the 1960s psychedelia and the 1970s AOR, which is album-oriented rock, okay. to, to the 1980s college rock, heavy metal, and 1990s grunge. Most of it is guitar-driven with many guitar yes. heroes from Jimi Hendrix and Jeff Beck, also known for iconic singers like Mick Jagger, Robert Plant, and Axl Rose. I, I've came across basically – what they said were four characteristics that would make classic rock what it is. Okay. The first one, they all the bands and and the, the music had a similar core instrumentation: guitar, a bass guitar, drums, and that was all backing up the lead vocalist. Yeah. So you're not going to hear ska music of like you know instruments and orchestra. Right. It know, wasn't big band or whatever. Or a bunch of I mean piano. I think there are piano in there. Ben in Folds the mix, would be. But, I mean he's not but, classic rock, but, but yeah. But I'm saying like Queen obviously had piano in there. Right. But, but it wasn't primarily that. You were seeing three, two or three guitars, a drums, and a, a, a lead singer. Right. Like and there's the, there obviously exceptions yeah. like like Alan Parsons' project would be considered part of that that time period, that era. And he, there was a, some digital music going on and stuff like that. Right. I can't remember what how they classify that kind of music. But I'll, even like a band like Chicago, though, yeah, they had a lot right. of br brass instruments and stuff. But it was still rock. You, you yeah. still knew the core of it. But even as we're trying to define it, we can't define right. like, it. Was just like, so this is what it is. But this yeah. and this and this yeah, and this. This huge know? band <laughs> did this this way, yeah. <laughs> so another, the, the second characteristic was just overdriven guitars. 
mm-hmm. some form of overdrive, as in uh, an example is the song Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin, or Distortion. Uh, an example of that would be Thunderstruck by ACDC, which you mentioned yeah. when we were talking to your dad. Right. And, or Fuzz, as they would call it, which is demonstrated in the song Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Just different ways to use the guitar and make different noises with it. Basically. Right. Manipulating an electric guitar in a way that with the doesn't amp just sound like a note. Like, like you're screwing ABC. it up. Yeah, yeah. right. Like it, it sounds like you know, you're taking something that might have been considered oh, I messed up and I messed up this note or I didn't play this right, and using it in a way that, like, actually adds to the Not song, a typical so. chord. Yeah, right. A different right. kind of noise. Yeah. Right? So hmm. then the yeah. third third characteristic would be personal lyrical content. Basically, a lot of these writers, would they were inspired by books and films and mythology, but, but with that as their inspiration, th- these songs and lyrics were based on, as your dad mentions, a lot of these... They're storytellers, yeah. and they're, right. these these songs are based on their life experiences and things yeah. that have happened to them, and they're telling a story about it, which right. is why these songs right. stand the test of time. Yes, yes, they're personable. They're actually relatable, and and, and you know it's it's very, you know obviously clearly the there's a lot of like love and relationships, and that's kind of you know just part of heartbreak. Yeah, right. uh, a part of just songwriting in general. But yeah, absolutely. There's 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 meaning behind it. It's not just some annoying sound that's you know being repeated or just the same word over and yeah. over and over like your dad said it's a story yeah and that and it that is relatable and, and people identify with it absolutely so then the fourth characteristic is just known as sub- submersive public image basically as we also mentioned pushed against societal norms which is styled to enthrall the teenage demographic of the time or of, of any yeah. given time depending on the decade like the anti-establishment kind of mentality which mm-hmm. the teenagers they want to fight against their parents they want to break yeah. free they want to be their own people and stuff and that's a democracy yeah right. queen <laughs> we keep coming back to queen <laughs> and i mean and it's true and, and, and all this music well even to this day who are the trendsetters yeah. it's the teenagers yep. they're the ones they're who, pushing the envelope they're right, the ones who for fads yeah. and trends and everything yep. so the, the yeah. music is oriented to them and it's kind of Got this screw you government kind of mentality, or screw you big brother, you know? Right, and even even just the the like wardrobes. I mean, you see some crazy stuff that like it's funny because it, you, like as you get older, you're like, uh, you know, Harry Styles dressing up like he did. Like, why would he do that? Uh, that's right. so weird. Like, dress Everybody's like a man. Butter. You're a man. Yeah. And then you like look back and you're like, twisted. Twisted Sister was a drag Poison show. was wearing I mean, makeup, I mean, like lipstick y- and gloss I mean, and eyeliner. Go back, and, and obviously Queen isn't the best example, but go back and look at the stuff he, you know. Actually, it, Queen is. They have a video called I Want to Break Free. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, where he's, he's, they're all literally in drag, yeah. The, the reason why I'm saying he's not the best example is because he was, you know, bi or gay. Or right. Like, yeah. but, but you get what I'm saying. is right. like It's almost like, okay, you have to take a step back and be like, hold it on a second. This is... This is this is not like you can't put it in that same bubble because right. it's very much a part of music and in the industry of pushing that envelope and doing things that aren't normal. Like they're not going up there like the Beatles did in suits and ties. Right. And performing live. They're like, like wearing giant hats and a whole Or like you know, your dad said, like kiss with the makeup and, and the secret identities and, yeah. and then and spitting blood and, and 
you know, being considered satanic. Yeah. And then you go to Queen that were dressed in drag. Well, nowadays, people identify the way they, they want to identify. So now it's mainstream. Right. Like, they were just representing how people were going to be 20, 30 years later. And and you get that same, yeah, the, the hits and clickbait now. But, it, but it's more so just like you get that popularity. People are talking about you if you go out on stage. Where, oh, shock I mean, value I for heard, sure. And right? obviously, this, this must have been before the internet or whatever. But I heard about some, I don't even know who it was. He walked out on stage, and all he was wearing was a tube sock, and you can guess where that was. That sounds like an Aussie thing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, it's just Gene like. Simmons, maybe. So, clearly back then, even, you know, anyways. And he sorry. may have been higher than a kite, not even knowing he was doing it. He might have thought he was <laughs> he in his thought, bedroom or in the bathroom. Yeah, right, right. It, yeah. it, that sounds, does sound like Ozzy, yeah. He's peeing on the crowd, or I don't know. Right, so, anyways. Right. And then biting a bad head. Yeah. So uh, the only other thing I wanted to really mention, other than we'll, we'll talk about our favorite bands and bands that have really influenced our lives and, and things that we like, but otherwise, just over those maybe thirty years from the sixties, mid sixties to the to the mid nineties, maybe if that's that's because yeah. that's a big time period to cover. It's just funny all the different formats that you could collect music with. Right, you, you go from vinyl records to eight tracks to cassette takes to CDs, and w- as we mentioned when talking to your dad. Vinyl records kind of stayed fairly popular the whole time, and they're even more popular maybe now than they yeah. were 10, 20 years ago. You can still Again. go to a store and buy a vinyl record. I've been buying those like crazy lately. a lot because I've never seen a – I haven't seen a cassette tape in a long and time. And I, that's – I bought this machine. It's an 8-in-1. It's got – it's got uh, USB, but it's also got Bluetooth. It's got a radio, but it's got cassette. It's got CD, and it's got a record player. So in my living room, I have this up on my fireplace. It looks really cool because it's got that old uh, yeah. phonograph type style to okay. it. Yep. And I've got my records behind it. I've got my cassette tapes in their little container down underneath my TV, and then I got three or four different racks of my CDs. Right. Well, in that, so I can listen to all this in this one machine, and I love it all. It's amazing. In in. That's that's the thing is like you can't find like I'm holding a Back to the Future record cassette right now, tape or right? cassette tape right now. Yeah. Um, you can't find easily to, to, to listen to that. So like you got to go baby. <laughs> that's one of the C- um, records I have. But but yeah, so I, I that is definitely interesting how the media has changed over this time period, and I think that that's driven a lot of the current trends about. It's not. Oh yeah, and I forgot. Sales, and now we're up to MP3. Yeah, where it's all digital, and you don't even need streaming. This other stuff even anymore, I would right? say would be even taking that further. But I mean, it's all electronic and know, digital. Yeah, you don't yeah, need so these hard copies anymore. The the artists are are not just. I mean, they're touring, but they're trying to get the plays instead of the people aren't buying a physical album anymore. So it's like right. plays on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Right. So it it's it's kind of influenced or like changed the way music has been made and released i mean there's so many singles just released now it's so readily it's available so cheap. right like you're not you don't have to release a single on a cassette or on a cd or on a you vinyl. don't have to manufacture you don't anything. have to physically make it you can just put a file out for the world and this is like hey this is like shania twain just shania twain i mean i'm going to see her not it's not a classic rock band obviously no but i'm going really to see not. her in Madison, on a, uh, on a, a date because she still looks pretty good. Well, Michaela, I don't think your wife would like. Michaela that got lot. me tickets, so I don't know. She wants you to go on a date. We'll talk about that off mic. We'll talk about that. But anyways, she she just she just came out with an album, which that's crazy that she's still she's making been music. around 30, 40 years um, now, right? But she did the same thing. She that's how she did it. She released two or three songs, 
and then she released the full album. And but it was she's like also crossed over, so she up. could be considered part maybe classic rock too. I mean, kind of. Yeah. It's, I mean, having said I, that. I think in, in 10, 15 years, you could make a strong argument for that. I sure. think that there's definitely – I mean, somebody said that they heard an, in that feel documentary – like a woman is kind of like a – is a kind of a rock type song, and that's the thing is like you know, nobody nobody remembers she actually made two CDs, two albums. She made a country version and a rock right. or a pop version of this uh, of every song. Right. So like there was there was a red album or the up, and then there was something else. Anyways, um, where was I going with this? You're going to see she, her. She, going to see her, but yeah, I I think that that uh, definition is just so fluid. I mean. Somebody had said that they heard a American Idiot by Green Day. That's on one a of classic, my favorite albums of all time. On a time. classic rock radio station. Right. So, like, we're not just going to the mid Like, we're also That's from the we're late getting 90s. into the 2000s, 2000s right. you know? So That is one of the best CDs of all time, I think. But, I, I feel. but who's to say that that's not classic rock? And I guess... That's the that's what I'm getting at here is we went out to try to define what classic rock is and I think there's some guidelines that kind of pinball you into this very big genre of music. Well, especially for now, like your dad said, the 50s and 60s is now considered oldies, but in 30 years that might be considered ancient rock. Right. Well, yeah. And right. our my classic rock would be considered oldies. Right. And you know, stuff from the early 2000s will be considered classic rock. Right. I think it'll evolve with the generations as time goes on, too, you know. And that I know term this, is just so general, like you said. And, and maybe I'm just not as familiar with the current music trends, but I, I don't think it's a stretch to say rock music is not as popular as it used to be in today. today. As opposed to like music, like music country, in general, in, in like the the pop music, like I think that rock is just not as popular. Like rock and roll, it's not on the same level in terms of popularity. But I could be wrong. Well, that's a, I mean, it depends, and I mean, and, our, and it, our worlds are so kind of skewed, and depending right. on who we talk to, like and I'm just basing it off of what I hear on like WIXX, like what's on the top forty, right? Know? But I listen to other stations where it's yeah, know, I don't listen to IXX. Because I listen to other stations that have harder yeah. music and hard rock and all that stuff. So, like you say, it de- it depends. And with the instant gratification we've got on everything, is anything wildly popular anymore? True. We've got so many choices and stuff. It's hard right. to pinpoint on any of that crap. So, well, you might be right, but it's awfully hard to tell. But it's and it also just makes the same point of classic rock is really kind of what you feel is classic right rock. it's kind of it's kind of like its own it's it's more of an opinion than it is a hard and fast rule right so. and, and a way to define it yeah so. i guess other than that i just some of my favorite band i mean and i have other favorite bands that i love at least as much as these bands that aren't necessarily classic rock that are newer like green right. day and yeah you know more yeah event sevenfold and stuff like that but but i mean that that would fall in the classic rock this era we've we've defined for this episode i would say alice in chains Boston, one of my top three of all time. The Scorpions, Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Kiss, and Pearl Jam. And I and I kind of just based that on then how many CDs I have from each band. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I went out of my way to collect every CD oh. by all these bands, so that would tell me, yeah, they're, they're I, one of my favorites. I don't know if I want to go and get the CDs that I have. Well, I got it's like Backstreet Boys and <laughs> I, I don't know. It's they're not, they're it's your like, wife's. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Chandler. Why do you have two of the one episode where you had two of the Annie soundtrack and 
And Chandler says to Monica, this is when they're dating already, oh, we both have a, a soundtrack from Annie. And she's like, those are both yours. Oh, yeah. Is that what's going on here, Monty? <laughs> but no, Backstreet Boys, and obviously, like, I, you know, I got Shania Twain and I got some other, like, Christian rock or Christian pop. Christian pop rock? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess for me. In, you put that in, in soda, it has a really weird effect. <laughs> My mind, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right there. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, let's. <laughs> but uh, no, I guess for me, classic rock. The, the the best or my favorite classic rock bands would be like that that don't say genre or something or Hanson what's that no okay good no I was just gonna say like that genre like I just keep going back to because my my football powerlifting coach even made me like two CDs because I asked him because I liked all the music and that was my introduction you like, mentioned ACDC introduction yeah. to classic rock because that's what he was playing in in the weight room and it pumped and so, you up and so it was. ACDC, right. it was Kiss, it yeah. was Motley yeah. Crue, it was Def Leppard, sure. it was uh, Van Halen. Bon Jovi, maybe? Uh, bon Jovi, yeah. Um, but then, you know, obviously, uh, Michael Jackson. And, like, just those kind of and, – and some people don't even consider that classic rock. They think it more like the 80s hair bands, those types of things. Well, but I think there's specific me, genre inside the classic yeah, rock, too. It's, a, it's like a subcategory of classic exactly, rock. right. But to me, like, those bands, like, I just, I can still, like, today, like, I'll, I'll throw on a classic rock <laughs> station or playlist on Spotify, and yeah, I'll listen right. to the, the songs, and I'm just like, the talent, just the raw talent, like, it's it's just, it's it's something that's going to last for a very long time, and... I think that that's kind of the point is that classic rock is going to span generations because it's good and it doesn't matter if you were, you know, graduated high school in the 80s or early 90s or if you graduated high school and God dare I say it, like the 2000 teens. Well, right. You listen to that music and you understand and feel a connection or emotion reaction to it. And, and and there's bands like Aerosmith and the Stones, the Rolling Stones and, and Elton and the artists like Elton John. They they literally had albums for ten years or every ten years for fifty or sixty for yeah. five or six decades. And I mean number one hits, I think I believe the Stones or, or Aerosmith, one of those bands like just iconic, legendary band, they literally had a number one hit every decade for five right. or six decades. That's insane. What it, I mean, that says something to their talent and their longevity and their their ability to adapt to the time and to the and to the ears that are listening to the music at the time. It's, well, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, being able to even Madonna, her music yeah, has changed right. a lot over the years. She's still popular, you know. It's it's amazing. And it's and it's that talent. I mean, I heard a story, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard a story about ACDC that they were selling so many Back in Black albums that they just were like, we're not going to make a new one. We just consistently right. sell we can this live album. Off this one album. Right? Why would we make a new album? Right. And obviously, like, there's other things to get into that, but like that yeah. and Thriller, are, are, those are two of the best selling albums of all time. I think. Yeah. I think the Eagles' greatest hits is one of them. Okay. Um, and I think that it's hard to like now because the media has changed. It's hard to like quantify that, right? You know, but what it means anymore, right? Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you compare Spotify streams to you know, album sales or I even MP3s know. that you download on Apple Music or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Apple you don't. Music. Yeah, you mean right. 
LimeWire when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> FrostWire, that's what I had. Okay. The yeah. fruit, I mean. I mean, or we never did anything Nap- Napster. <gasps> you wouldn't download a car, would you? Right. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to 3D print it. And then Metallica will sue you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, right. anyways. All right. Well, that's that. I think that's most all that I had to say. I about could that. talk it's a little about bit of a longer stuff. episode, but it's a huge topic. To right. Dive it's into, it's such so. a big gap that we covered, and and I, I, I think I've been more excited talking about music than I do most subjects because I just love it so much. It pumps yeah. in my veins, and I've had it my whole life. And and this is right in my wheelhouse. These are some of my favorite bands, and I love it. I could talk about this stuff all day, especially someone like your dad, who's right. had these great stories He's being got, out in New York and everything. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And and I think I mean just in general music. It spans cultures. It spans generations. I mean, it's been a part of the human experience forever. Pop so culture, right? You can't like describe what a human is without de- also describing music. Right. And so, defining our times and our eras and our yeah, absolutely. And, our and even even taking it to that point is like defining what those that decade or that generation was about or what they were experiencing or what was politically world events going on so crank it up Whoa. if it's too loud Turn you're it too to old 11. yeah what's that let's crank this one goes to 11 what's that from? is that from uh what's that from one of the marvel movies i think no um i think it, I think, uh uh gosh i want to say wayne's world but oh yeah uh, i thought there was another one it's on the tip of my tongue but anyways there's a movie about cranking it to 11 and yeah. like, most go to 10, but this one goes to that 11. That does sound like Wayne's World, you know, um, Garth talking. Anyways, yeah, I'll we'll figure it out like off mic. Five seconds after I know. stop right. recording. So, crank it up. Woo! Anyways, like we always like to say, Margot Robbie. I'm um, no, sorry. <laughs> I love Margot Robbie. Uh, Michael Keaton. Anyway. <laughs> Getting old is mandatory. But growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. What kind of creepy person do you have at the end of your show now?